You are listening to the On The Wrong Lead podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at wrong underscore lead, youtube.com slash on the wrong lead, and visit our website at on the wrong lead.com. Help support On The Wrong Lead by signing up for AM Wager and earn 10% back up to $500 on all Exotic and WinBets made in your first 30 days. Use our link in the podcast notes. You can also support us by buying a t-shirt or other merch at ontherunglead.com. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It's Josh here. Drank in Champagne, Episode 6. Andrew Champagne here with me. And uh, we got a fun little show for you today. Uh, Andrew, as usual, is the idea machine here. Um, and he uh, he found the sequence to look at tomorrow. He's got the he's got the on the wrong lead shirt. And he's showing off. One here. of us got the message about the dress code. Oh man, I um I basically have a mountain full of laundry right now because I'm going on vacation on Thursday. I'll be flying into Vegas Thursday morning, um, and have a just a weekend of just food and gambling degeneracy. Okay, you have uh, an, an assignment. You have an well. assignment. Yeah. I, I don't care what happens. I don't care what you do. You need to make sure there is some money left for my father and I to win next week when we go for Thanksgiving weekend and our birthdays. Can you do that? Can you make you, sure the city and there is at least one casino in that city is still standing? Can you do that for me? Yeah, that that'll definitely happen. I'm sure I will okay, make good. a healthy deposit. I'll help make a healthy deposit for you. Uh, the other thing is is that. I, I think that that might be like the greatest idea in the history of ideas going on Thanksgiving. And I'm very jealous for going that weekend that you're going well, that weekend. It's not entirely just Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, ever since I moved out West, which was God nine years ago, last month, that was a long time ago. Uh, we do two Vegas trips a year, once for the first week of the basketball tournament in March and once over Thanksgiving weekend or the weekend after for both of our birthdays, in addition to Thanksgiving, mine is November 25th, his is December 3rd. So it actually works out really, really well. And this year, my birthday is on Sports Palooza on Black Friday, because in addition to football on Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving weekend, both pro and college, in addition to basketball, both pro and college, there's this little soccer tournament over on the other side of the world. And on that particular day, uh, the United States is playing England in a rematch of the Battle of Yorktown. So that'll be a lot of fun. And I know there's going to be a lot of amateurs out on the Vegas Strip that will make for some fantastic people watching during those couple of days. I got a little hot take alert here. Uh, oh, the here we go. U- United States is not going to make it out of the group stages. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I don't know very much about soccer. I'll preface this right here, but England's pretty good. Wales has some good players. It wouldn't stun me. Yeah, it, it, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun. Um, you know, uh, we <laughs> not to get political here, but uh, we don't want to do that. Shit show. Do that. It's gonna be a shit show, and I like. I just hope everything goes without incident. All right, let's yeah. just let's Amen. just put it that way. Amen. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a crazy couple of weeks now. The NFL is starting to heat up. I, I feel like there's been a lot of real fun games to watch now with the NFL. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, college basketball is getting started. Um, you know, I know no one's here. No one's here to hear about my uh, my bad beats or anything. But uh, I did live bet Louisville plus five hundred. And they had a layup at the buzzer that went in, but apparently it was called off. That would have won me that uh, plus five hundred bet. So, um, yeah, I I I think the hot streak may be over. I think the I hot know. streak the hot streak that started a couple of weeks ago uh, with that pick six hit. I think it might it might be over. But point of order, though. Point of order. We got that hot streak started when it was my idea to look at a Wednesday sequence in Kentucky. This show, we're looking at what, Josh? Wednesday sequence in Kentucky. Then keep the keep the positive vibes going. And also, right. don't say anything about a hot streak ending right before you go to Vegas. That's the kiss of death. You become a mush, and you do not want to be a mush in a casino. Just no. Absolutely not. Uh when is March Madness this year? Do you know the dates? 
Um, it's between February and April. Goodness. Um, you can boo me. I don't care. Come on. All right. Well, where's the, oh God, I dude, I feel like it's been forever since I've done this because I don't know where the buttons are. My desk setup is new too. Uh, I'm sure if, if you're watching the stream, the background looks the same, but, uh, I did, uh, I did buy a new desk. So I, I actually have room. You know, before my desk, and part of that is because, you know, when you get rid of a desk, you got to clean up the desk. So I think that's most of the reason I have room now. But uh, I, I bought a desk that's probably about one and a half times the size of my old desk. It's also so a standing desk. So I am nice. very grateful for my girlfriend and her family because when I moved, my move in present was the desk that my computer is currently sitting on. Not only that, they were able to get it come into my apartment and put it together when I was in Saratoga. I didn't have to do anything. Nice. Love my girlfriend and her family very, very, very much. Had you moved by then already? You'd already yes, it was, it it was nice. right before. I moved in early August, and then the next week, I went to Saratoga for a week. It's just the way that it worked out. There's still some stuff that I need to unpack three months later because of it. But uh, no, it was uh, it worked out great. Love this desk very, very much. Got a nice background behind me. The only thing is I constantly fuss about the picture over that shoulder over there being as straight as I can get it. That looks just fine. So um, I'm a happy camper. Gotcha. I um, So the reason I asked about March Madness is because um, I'm planning on going to Vegas in March. Okay. Um, the plan right now is if I have a couple of friends who qualify for NHC, I think uh, I will go that, which I believe is the weekend before. I think it's like the 10th through the 12th. Yes, so that is go the weekend before. I'm just looking at this now. The basketball tournament starts with the play-in games on March 14th, which is the Tuesday. So in addition to the first rounds of the NCAA basketball tournament, when I go, it's probably going to be St. Patrick's Day amateur hour if you yep. ever want to people watch folks that have absolutely no idea where they're going no idea how to hold their liquor go out towards the link at any point during saint patrick's day you'll see a whole bunch of overgrown frat bros drinking green beer that costs about 28 dollars. it's an experience unlike any other josh Andrew, unfortunately, uh, there is a chance if if NHC falls through, I may try to make it up for NCAA weekend, and I may be one of those guys that you see stumbling around drinking green beer. If that happens, we're doing an emergency live broadcast from the Vegas Strip. I don't know how we're going to stream it. I can't guarantee the quality of said stream, but I can guarantee that it will be wildly entertaining and provide incentives for people to like, comment, and subscribe, which, by the way, you should absolutely do if you are new to this channel. On the Wrong Lead is six subscribers shy of 1,000 as of this recording. Get us to four figures, people. Yeah, I, I would appreciate it. It would help us out. Uh, it would. I think it opens up some extra options when we live stream for us too. So um, we definitely would appreciate uh, getting up there. Um, but uh, there was something else I was going to ask you, Andrew, and I just completely blanked now. So uh, why, why don't we uh, – I think it's a good time to move forward here. Uh, actually, real quick, I will show uh, my – uh, I'm going beer today, and you'll appreciate this, uh, Andrew – this beer is called Ray Gordo, uh, and it's got a uh, luchador mask on it. They uh, this is a brewery called Cruz Blanca, based in Chicago. They are uh, they used to be owned by a gentleman named Rick Bayless, who was a uh, he's kind of a celebrity chef. Like he's not like the the type of like person who had a show. Well, yeah, he had Mexico one plate at a time. They ran it on PBS here. So like we're not talking like Food Network or anything. But he did win the first season of Top Chef Masters, if you're a fan of Top Chef. Uh, he has a Michelin star rated uh, restaurant in Chicago, uh, which I've eaten at. It's th probably the best meal I've ever had in my entire life. Um, and uh, he has a lot of he, – he's very big on educating – the public on Mexican food, that it's not just tacos, basically. So his show was always really, really interesting. Um, he's got great cookbooks and stuff. But anyways, he 
had this idea to make a small brewery and taco shop, right? Taqueria. So he literally the the place is this small place in the west side of Chicago. Uh, I think it's in Fulton. It's in Fulton Market, and um, great Mexican food. Uh, and they started releasing this award winning uh, beer uh, called Ray Gordo. And then now they have what they call the Luchador series. So every Ooh. single one of their their barrel aged beers is named has got like a a wrestling name and has got a, a a luchador mask on it, which is is really cool. But uh, that's Rick pretty Bayless, fantastic. Uh, unfortunately, Rick Bayless has since divested himself. I think the the company wanted to get bigger than he was like comfortable with because I like I think he's probably got more money than he knows what to do with at this point. Um, so he's no longer involved, but they still make great beer. They still make great Mexican food. Uh, so if you're ever in Chicago, that's definitely a place I'd, I'd recommend checking out. It's called Cruz Blanca on the west side. You said it was on the west side of Chicago? Yeah, on the west, west time loop, for not an west, ultra west to- Time for an ultra topical reference. It's a good thing it's not on the south side of Chicago because that's the fattest part of town. And if you go down there, you better just beware of a man named Leroy Brown. And if you enjoyed that reference, you're watching the correct show. <laughs> All right, oh, let's talk big God. four. This is going to be fun. I like this sequence a lot. Yeah. Um, let, let's go ahead and let's just jump in here to uh, to race one or race seven, race one of the sequence. We're going to be going six and a half furlongs on the dirt. This is all dirt racing here. Uh, Churchill Downs, I believe, still does not know how to grow the turf. turf. condition is frost. Did uh did they run the claiming crown? Did they run any of those races on turf over the no, weekend? No, and as it turned out, it had nothing to do with their inability to grow grass. It snowed in Kentucky, so all of the races were run on a sloppy main track for claiming crown day. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I have a lone A in this race, uh, and I, I have a lone A. I have a B. I do have a B in this race. I'm also going to use, uh, but my lone A. Uh, this is, uh, if you watch our streams, is what's known as a three cherry horse here. If my little pencil will work here, you got the E, you got the eight, you get Ray Lugudi as a board, you got C's, get degrees. Um, unfortunately, times have changed because back when I was in college, the saying was D's get degrees because D's still counted towards your degree. Unfortunately, well, in your non major, right? And I happen to get D's in religion, so. Um, but, uh, C's get degrees here for Jonathan Wong and Ray Gutierrez. Uh, this looks to be your speed of the speed inside drawn. Uh, you get Ray Lu aboard who is always an aggressive rider. And although there's a, there's a couple other speed horses in here, the three cold as hell who I've written as a B is also very fast early. And I kind of have him as a backup in case Louis Saez gets out of the gate better than Relu and gets the lead, I just want who's going to get to the front in this race. Six and a half furlongs on the on the uh, speed favoring Churchill Dirt. Um, I, I'm basically going to be mostly through the one based off the pace. Uh, also, just based off the fact that this horse is coming in a nice form, right? It's got a, got two firsts and a second in his last three races. Has won at tracks like Del Mar and uh, Keeneland. His loss was at Golden Gate on the the uh all weather so kind of throw that out and the horse has just progressively been moving up the class ladder so uh this is a type of improving horse that i like to bet uh four years old you know does have 18 starts uh but it's got three wins uh three seconds and uh it's got uh five thirds here so the horse likes the horse likes to be competitive i think this horse fits perfectly in this race uh three to one on the morning line this will be my single acs get degrees Where'd you go? So I'm going to have a little bit of fun here. Uh, We mentioned on this program at least once that Jackie Relu Gutierrez is one of maybe five alums of the State University of New York at Cortland that I like. Shout out to the Ithaca College football team for (laughs) thumping the Cortland State Red Dragons 34 to 17 in front of 40,000 people at Yankee Stadium on Saturday. Ended a perfect regular season for the Bombers. They now move on to the Division Three playoffs. And anytime I can get in a Cortland jab, I will always do that. Newsflash, their mascot, the Red Dragons. Dragons are not real. Kidding aside, I like C's get degrees in this spot. Not enough to consider this one a lone A, but certainly would not be a shock and is certainly a horse that I would need to have on my tickets. In a race where a lot of horses are these. A lot of horses that don't like to win. 
Uh, for those of you listening, of- for those of you listening, uh, Andrew just held up a clothes hanger. Yes, that I before the show, I had to go and get a prop. Uh, those of you that watched Champagne and JD will know that I trotted out the hanger every once in a while when we discussed those horses. Having said that, I think there's another horse in this race that could very well factor into the early pace situation and benefit from being a fast horse that doesn't necessarily need the lead. Let's take a look at number six, Mumayas. I really hope I'm saying that right. It sounds correct. Last couple of starts have been on turf. He has not run badly. And last time out, ran into a very fast horse by the name of Coffee Maker, who went five and a half furlongs and 102 and one over that Keeneland turf course. Coffee Maker was a runner that Wesley Ward had very high hopes for a couple of years ago, I believe was on the Royal Ascot contingent. That's a nice horse. And Mamayas wound up hanging on to run third that day. Go back to a couple of his dirt races from the summer at Churchill Downs. Looking at those early fractions, you see 22 and 1, 45, 45 and 1. What's to say Mamayas isn't quick enough to make the lead in a race that doesn't have a ton of early speed signed on? I like the outside draw. I like turf to dirt. I think this is a little bit of a class drop out of a loaded allowance race. Is a three-year-old going up against older, but... I think we're going to get a little bit of a price on a horse that has the ability to run very well in this spot. I'm one six in here. We both agree that number five pledge of allegiance, the five to two morning line favorite hits me as pretty vulnerable. That last out race to me totally fell apart. You see 45 and two for the half. And then you see one ten and one for six furlongs. They came home walking and that set things up for this closer to pick up the pieces. That was a non-winners of two life claiming event. Yes, Steve Asmussen claimed that one. We know Steve Asmussen does very well off the claim, but this is a runner that has struggled against starter allowance competition, picking up underneath awards, and I just don't think this is a horse that wants to win at this level. If that horse is favored, to me, that's an underlay. One six for me in the first leg of the late pick four. Yeah, and part part of the reason why, I think you mentioned it here with the five, the reason that the three didn't become a solid A for me is kind of the same reason, the same issues you see with the five, right? This horse has been in this allowance 50,000 company for what seems to be, uh, I don't know, longer than than certain people. Uh, there, there's the hangar again. Uh, longer than uh, than uh, the prime minister of, uh, of the UK uh, was in office, right? I think well, that... Well, that, joke, the prime think, minister no. of the UK was in office, what, two months? Yeah, there you go. But <laughs> for longer than Flightline's career, how's that sound? Yeah, but uh, like I'm IPPs that doesn't have a win in uh, in the what the last ten starts, so um, kind of hard to back a horse at a short price there. Um, but if if I kind of feel like if you like the one, you kind of gotta like the three a little bit at least here. Um, I, I agree with you with the five though. No no interest. Um, I know it goes into Steve's barn, but uh, you know it doesn't gets Keith Asmussen the board not. Um, not a different jock. So that kind of, you know, that kind of turns me off a little bit. Um, you know, I, I might have to take a closer look at your six. Uh, you, you made some good points there. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I feel pretty good with this one going through this leg, um, you know, getting me past here. Yeah, the one hits me is the horse to beat in that race for sure. Uh, Jonathan Wong, when he gets horses going on the right track, they tend to stay there. I think the one's going to be pretty tough in there. The six, though, is intriguing, and we might get a little bit of a price in this field of seven. Now, this one I'm looking forward to talking about. You got a two-year-old maiden race with a bunch of first-time starters. This is the kind of race that I think every handicapper enjoys sinking their teeth into. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Race eight. Six furlongs. Maiden, 120K here. Uh, and uh, you get a, you get a pretty good field here. Real interesting field. Uh, we get 10 horses in this race. Once again, we're sprinting. We're going six furlongs for two-year-old fillies. Um, I see you went four wide here. I went two wide. Um, and uh, we have the same horse. Right, the two horses I have are shared in your four. So I guess I'll just go first again real quick. Um, my top pick in this race, um, I really wanted to make a single A. And I, I, might, I may still press this opinion. Uh, is the two moment to shine? Um, look at my love for Larry Ravelli uh, has no bounds. 
Uh, you know, the Ravelli, I'll bet Ravelli. Hi, Ed DeRosa. How you doing? <laughs> uh, so Larry Ravelli and Jareth Loveberry, who, uh, who was uh, kind of Ravelli's go-to uh, jock at Arlington uh, for the last couple of years um, after Jose Valdivia Jr. moved to out west to Santa Anita. Um, and you get these aboard. You get Patricia's Hope, who is Larry Rivelli's main patron. So these are very, very strong connections. You get Bolt Doro, who's hitting at 19% first-time uh, starters. You also got uh, Spitestown on the bottom, who also loves to win early. Uh, and this horse is sprinting, which is another thing that these Spites Towns love to do. $290,000 purchase, but we all know that no one likes to hear about the sales. Hello, Caitlin Free. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they, they think very, very highly of this horse. This horse is firing bullets at Hawthorne with those with those 12s, 48 and 4, uh, 5 in 1 minute, 5 in 1 minute. Um, and then, uh, you know, kind of had some more relaxing works and the ships down here to Churchill Downs. Um, and I think this is a very well-meant horse. You get nine to two on the morning line. Uh, Larry doesn't really ship horses to the big tracks unless he knows he's got a live one. Um, so, uh, now I know with, um, you know, with Arlington no longer and with Hawthorne, I think, uh, I think Hawthorne might be done. I forget. They have a weird meet. Well, because they run harness too, but um, yeah, and, and even if Hawthorne's r running right now, I mean, I think that's an even bigger reason to look at this too. You know, he's shipping down for the bigger purse. Um, so this is kind of my one A, I guess you would say. Um, the other A I did use uh, was the nine horse dazzling blue. Uh, Brad Cox, Florent Giroux in at Churchill, first time starter. You got into mischief on top. I mean. This is just like, this is just what he does, right? These are the types of win races he wins. He wins at 24% here for a reason. All the stats look good. First-time starter, debuting, made in special weight, uh, riding with flow. Um, I will say that, I, I like I said, I prefer the two. The two is a little bit better of a price, uh, but I'm not going to let a uh, Brad Cox flow, flow horse first-time starter beat me especially one that's been working the way this one has fired a bullet last out or two back um 59 going five furlongs came back with another relaxed work i think this is another horse that's going to be primed i i wasn't re i wasn't interested at all at any of the horses that have run already um i know that that like the eight uh uh fi flying bessie here for steve asmussen i mean you know, he really, he started this horse at Colonial. Like, how many horses did he ship to Colonial? Like, uh, I I don't think he thinks much of this horse, uh, the way this horse has been campaigned so far. Um, so I'm just going to be 2-9 here. Andrew, i sorry. I know I bashed your, uh, your 8, which you did use a little bit. But uh, why did you like this 8? Sure. So first of all, I think you've got the two right A horses. Moment to Shine, very briefly, has a world-class pedigree, especially for both turf and tracks that sometimes play a little bit turfy. Churchill Downs main track can often play kindly to horses that seem to look like turf horses. They'll get the main track at Churchill if they can get dirt anywhere. Moment to Shine second dam was a stakes winning turf router, but that one is a half sister to a horse named Stormy Liberal who won the Breeders' Cup turf sprint twice and also a half to a multiple graded stakes winning turf sprinter named Leanster. I think Moment to Shine has a lot of things to like. The one thing that does concern me a little bit, and again, I like Hawthorne's product very, very much. There are times when Hawthorne form doesn't necessarily ship to other tracks. So take that into account just a little bit. Having said that, that would be a much bigger problem to me if Moment to Shine was going to be nine to five or two to one. This horse is nine to two on the morning line, and I think you're going to get most of that. So you are going to get your price on a first-time starter that I think is well-meant. But going back to Flying Bessie, I love, love when a Steve Asmussen horse has the kind of work tab that Flying Bessie has. The work two back was a bullet. The most recent work, total maintenance drill. To me, over the years, that always hits me as Steve Asmussen having a horse right where he wants them to be. I had the same question you had with regard to Colonial Downs. I like the way this horse ran that day, though. 
it takes a lot of potential for a horse to rate at first asking. A lot of two-year-old races over the summer months are won in wire-to-wire fashion. Horses don't necessarily have the maturity yet to rate, sit behind horses, and make one big run. This one, though, made up a fair amount of ground. I think there is some potential here, and I will be using that one on my tickets. The other one that I'm going to throw in is number one corner kick from the Sherry DeVoe barn. This is a horse that may well need a race. Sherry DeVoe's runners sometimes need a race to get going. The first out numbers, for you, they're better than for me. I've got her at 8% over the last 62 runners. You've got her at 13% over the last 101. I like the work tab, and I like the presence of Luis Saez. Saez almost certainly had options in this race, and he winds up coming here. To me, that's noteworthy, and per the daily racing form over the last couple of years, they've hit at a 21% clip together over their last 39 starts. So when Saez hops aboard a runner from this barn, chances are they're pretty well meant. The pedigree, though, does indicate this one might want a little bit longer but I just couldn't let this horse beat me. It's a two by four horse for me. I've thrown around that concept before. This is a horse that may well wind up drifting up a little bit. And if this one pays $30 and I don't have it, Josh, I'll be very, very upset with myself. So for me, it's one, two, eight, nine in race number eight. I do think Moment to Shine though is a very interesting prospect. Looking forward to seeing that one in the post parade. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is a horse that uh, that Larry runs on the dirt, um, maybe goes to Turfway and runs in like a allowance or stakes race there over the winter, and then he puts puts it on turf um, and tries sprinting. Or or if it doesn't go to Turfway, sends it down to Gulfstream because he does send horses down to Gulfstream and puts yep. right on the turf to to try some turf sprints. Um, you know he's. He's had some nice ones. Well abled a couple years ago was a nice one, um, and then uh, we also had uh, one timer uh, that uh, ran not this year but last year in the juvenile juvenile turf sprint. Um, won a nice race at, at Santa Anita um, to to kind of get in there. So he's had some good ones. So we'll we'll see uh, we'll see where that horse kind of ends up. Um, moving right along. Okay, this the- one's gonna be fun. People, if you like handicappers who disagree, listen very, very closely because you're going to love, and I mean love, this segment. All right. Race nine. We're going to be going a mile, one-turn mile here. Allowance race, $127,000 here up for grabs. Uh, Phillies and Mares, three-year-olds and up, which have never won a race other than maiden, claiming, or starter, or which have never won two races. Uh, so it's the three-year-old fillies here. Um, and uh, your favorite's going to be the two, Casa de Goat, uh, for Brad Cox and Florent Giroux. Um, and, uh, Andrew, I do see that uh, that you do have this one. So why don't, uh, why don't I let you go first since I've gone first the first times? What, uh, what do you like here in race nine? Look at the debut that this horse had at Keeneland, going that about seven furlong distance out of the beard course. The CO horse that won by 12 lengths earned a very nice speed figure using whatever speed figures you use. I've got an 81 buyer speed figure. I'm seeing a Briz speed figure of 88. This is a horse that had a lot of potential. They sent this one two turns, first time against winners, set the pace. And to me, it is just very clear that something went wrong with this horse midway through that race. To me, that's a throwout. I look at the workouts. I see that work tab that I really, really like. The two-bag bullet, the most recent maintenance drill. I think Casa de Goat is a pretty serious prospect coming back to one turn after several months of training for Brad Cox. Florent Giroux sees fit to ride. To me, it seems like a wire-to-wire threat. The only other horse that I want any part of on this ticket is a horse that loves Churchill Downs, and that's number four, Pistol, To me, the last out effort at Indiana Grand or Horseshoe Indianapolis, I should say. I have not done that a lot. I haven't slipped up as far as the track names go, but at Horseshoe Indianapolis, shout out Racing Rachel. To me, that's a throwout. Horse didn't like the surface. Only look at the Churchill Downs races and you're left with a horse that has won twice in three local starts 
with a second. And if that horse repeats the two-back effort where she won by six and a half lengths, albeit against probably a weaker group, but against a field of multiple winners, that was a starter allowance race. Doesn't this horse merit a really long look at the likely price? To me, this is 2-4, and I just can't go a heck of a lot deeper than that. And this is, again, where you're really going to want to listen closely because Josh and I have combined to watch a lot of races. And whenever you have two handicappers that have seen a lot, read the form, and wind up on completely different horses, that's the best part of this game. And at least one of us does know the uh, what a horse's rear end looks like. Yeah, so. thank you for that, by the way, to the person that <laughs> took great pride in bashing me, who, by the way, I know is secretly watching this because that's what haters do. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I guess I took a much more, um, not cautious, what's, I'm more suspicious of this too, that, uh, that last that last race, I know it was in May. I know, like you said, you think something went wrong. Um, I don't know. I'm just more suspicious of that race, and I, I have a harder time taking a real short price coming back. I know one turn is where this horse excelled that first time out, um, but at a short price, I'll let this horse beat me. You you made great points. I mean, this horse has, has got that that Brad Cox work tab. Uh, this horse is probably primed and ready to go, um, but you know I'm I'm gonna hope the horse lost a little bit, a little bit of a step there, and uh, and go elsewhere here. Um, the two horses that I liked, I had kind of marked down as A's. Um, I have the six and the seven, so Sunny Isle Beach and Braganza as my uh, my two A's in this race. Uh, I'm going to go to my top pick, which is the seven, Braganza here. Um, very similar, I think, to what we saw with um, with your Brad Cox horse. Won by 12 lengths at Churchill, very impressively. Comes back, and you know the doors kind of fall off here. Um, I'm getting a better price on this horse, and I'm getting this horse coming back much sooner. Um, now I will say the work tab does, you know, if, if you're somebody who looks at, looks at works intently, doesn't look great. It looks like this horse has just kind of been, kind of been doing maintenance stuff and actually hasn't worked since that last race. But that was what, my big problem. Yeah. The, the lack of a work since that last race, to me, that's the red flag here, but that was also the last horse I threw out in that particular race. I see where you're going for sure. And, uh, so I, you know, I, this is kind of like the first step to me looking at a race. And mind you, you get a couple of scratches. The pace scenario completely changes. My opinion in this race completely changes. I think if you get if if you get this if the four scratches, if the three scratches, um, if the one maybe even if the one scratches, my opinion on this race completely changes, right? Because I'm looking at this from a pace uh, pace first. Um, I'm looking at the Brisnet form. You got a couple of E6s. You got an E8. You got an EP6 here. And you got an EP5. Um, that, to me, tells me you got horses that are going to be vying for the lead. You might get a little bit of a hotter pace with this race. Um, and if you kind of look at the way that I've highlighted the form, sorry for people watching on, on the podcast, but basically all, you, all you're left with are the 6 and the 7 here is kind of your off-the-pace uh you're off the pace runners here. Um, so Braganza, I think, is the best of the two. Lightly raced, which is something I like to see in these N1X races. You know, I, I don't want to see somebody who's got like 30 starts in one win, right? Same thing with the N2Ls. Like, you, you want you want a fresh face. You want a horse that looks like it is going to come in lightly raced. It, it has got some potential here. So I think the seven's going to get the pace set up here. Um, you get Luis Saez aboard. Uh, I know he was aboard last time as well, but you know, Eddie Eddie Keneally uh, sees fit to have him try again. Eddie's not having a great meet, um, so that might be another another reason to be against. But not the only horse I'm using. Uh, the six, uh, Sunny Isle Beach, uh, one of the more I, I might be the the heaviest raced uh, horse in this race, um, and I'm I'm really looking at that last race. Right, got claimed off of. Uh, off of David Vance, gets put into a seven furlong sprint, 
And without a ton of pace in front of him, I mean, 23 and 146 and 2 is fast, but it's not impossible. It's not a complete melt. Brisnet actually shows this as not playing that fast either uh, with the negative 6, negative 5, one first call, second call numbers here. Um, and, uh, you know, Jack Gilligan stayed just off the leader and went ahead and closed and kicked away pretty convincingly. Um, and, and that's kind of, like I said, what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a horse with a good late kick. Um, and, you know, if you kind of go back through, I mean, the horse has got two wins at Churchill. It's got two seconds and it's got three thirds. So I, I think this horse is, is accomplished a little bit, right? And I think that this horse is going to fit in well. Six, five to one here for the six, I think is a fair price. Uh, the back speed figures all fit in here. So uh, once again, this is kind of the, the pace play for me. Um, and then lastly, my my B horse in this race is the one, customer driven. And this was kind of more. Sometimes you look. That's at That's a form. funny looking B for those of us that are watching the YouTube. So broadcast. okay, yeah, for yeah. Well, I I eventually I made him a, when I was constructing my ticket I made him a B so let's cross out this A um, I didn't want to go three wide in the race and and look like a jackass so I'm using him <laughs> as a B here but um, if you look at on Brisnet this horse is very very fast on Brisnet that last out at Churchill and the Maiden Breaker at Tampa both of those come with a ninety Brisnet figure and those stack up extremely well in this field um you get tyler gaffleone aboard who you know as usual is having a pretty good churchill meet um and uh i feel like this is your type of this is a kind of a versatile horse if you look at the last two races this horse was was either just off the lead or was and and was coming from far back so this horse has got both those styles and i think if the pace does get very very fast in front of him tyler can you know kind of work out a trip, save a bunch of ground, and I think that uh you know might might have the closing kick that I'm looking for here to win. So, um I, I like him a little bit less than the 7. Um I probably like the 1 about as much as I like the 8. I just think the price is going to be better on the 8. I think Tyler by himself is going to get bet down a little bit here. Um but uh yeah, I'm going to go with the off the pace horses in this race, and I think that's the 1, the 7 and the 8 in this leg. We are combined to go five deep in what I believe is a field of seven. It is without any horses in common. We didn't plan that. That's just the way we saw the race. It's always fun when that happens. Personally, I just think Casa de Goat is the class of this field. And if any other horse is able to step up and beat that one, it's going to be the horse for course angle with the four at a little bit of a price. But I get where you're going at the very least with Braganza. With Sunny Isle Beach, the class hike is a major, major concern for me. That and the horse coming back in 10 days, it, it, it screams to me of them trying to hustle some entries in this particular race. So we'll see what happens there. Personally, I just think Casa de Goat is a heck of a prospect moving forward. And if she's back to what we saw in the debut, look out. Um, well, I, I don't know, Andrew, if you've uh, if you've heard my saying before. What saying is this? But that's class doesn't matter, baby. I I, mean, I, I don't think I, that was I really air horn worthy, but you know, blaring of the sirens. But yeah, yeah, class doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's move on. All right, race number ten. Race ten. We're going to mile sixteenth here for a ninety-two thousand dollar maiden, uh, two-year-olds. So we got we got late season two year old racing here, um, and uh, let's take a look here. Uh, we landed on we landed on two. Unlike the last race, we do have two horses in common. You got one that's a little bit different here. I took the first two races. Andrew, who did you like most in this race? Sure. So I am three deep in this race without the morning line favorite, and that's the first one I want to talk about. Number nine Wrecker Point ran fairly well going the mile in the first two starts. They stretched this horse out to a two-turn mile and a 16th last time, and it looked like this horse wanted no part of that at all whatsoever. It's not like they were going all that fast up front. It looked like when they hit the far turn, this horse said, 
wait, I'm not done yet. Given the pedigree, I just think this is a one-turn horse. So three to one on the morning line is a little bit too short for me. I'm going to try to beat that one with a trio of runners. And my top pick is 10 to one on the morning line. So hopefully that gets somebody's attention out there. The one I like on top is number seven, Hunter's Drive, who will likely do something for the very first time in the 10th and final on Wednesday. And that is race over a fast dirt track. They tried this horse on turf two times over the summer, given the pedigree by Oscar performance out of an arch mare. Yeah, you can't fault him for that. This horse was just sort of one paced against some pretty rich maiden fields. They put this horse on dirt, gets a sloppy track, doesn't break all that well. Look at the work tab and this horse's times over a fast dirt track over at Keeneland, specifically the October 22nd, October 15th, and October 8th works. They're all very good. I think it's entirely possible that Hunter's Drive just wants a fast dirt track that he's likely to get on Wednesday afternoon. Keith DeSormo's runners usually need some seasoning in order to get going. We saw a little bit of a move forward on speed figures last time out despite that rough break. I think there's overlay potential with this one. Mitchell Merle is riding as well as anybody in the colony right now. I've got him at 8 for 17 as far as top twos on the meet to this point. 10 to 1? Yes, please. Give me Hunter's Drive there. And I will also use two horses coming out of the same race on November 3rd. That's number four, eight straight, and number six, Winner's Lion. Both third-time starters, eight straight, took a step forward for Ken McPeak, another guy for whom first-time starters generally need some seasoning. Winner's Lion for Joe Sharp, he's sort of the same deal. He runs his horses, they get better and better. And with Winner's Lion in particular, I like blinkers coming on after this one showed some early interest last time out. To me, that means all systems are probably go. And there's that Saez guy again. For me, it's four, six, and seven, trying to beat the nine record point. And I will almost certainly have some win money on the seven at or near that 10 to one morning line price. Bet Mitch, get rich. Hi, Coots. <laughs> I'm not on the seven unfortunately, in this spot. Um, I, I landed on the other two horses that you like, the four and the six out of that common race. Um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit here about the four. Um, you know, Kenny McPeak, second-time route races, winning at a 19% clip here. Um, the, I, I agree with you. I think Kenny Kenny's usually a, a guy who I like to see a, a race or two with the horse first. Um, you know, keeps Corrales aboard, and Corrales is riding really well as per usual here in Kentucky. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is just an improving horse. I think this horse is going to uh, uh, is going is going to like the going the two turns. I don't, I don't with his run style looks like wants to come from slightly off the pace. Did have a slight a slight little Z pattern last time out. Shout out to Caleb. Um, so. I kind of, I, I'm I'm interested here in this uh, in this four horse probably my top pick in this spot. Um, I also use the six, um, and uh, you know the thing about the six is you got an early speed horse that's getting an aggressive jock that's getting blinkers put on. I mean the this is this is what you want to see right when you got a horse that's, that's shown early speed and and you want that horse to use that speed same similar to the four this horse has improved in both of his first two starts no offense to tyler gaffleone but uh if i had a speed horse uh there there are a few people i would rather have uh over louis sai as a board so i i actually don't know I mean, maybe maybe Kendrick, if I knew that the horse just needed to get out of the gate as fast as possible, but uh, Paco, Paco, uh, if, especially if uh, if I needed him to run over another another. Yes, horse it as well. depends on the stewards for sure. Yeah. Um, um, and but, yeah, we can we can say that without getting into too much trouble. Let's just call that what it is. I mean, he's 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 aggressive. I mean, I, he's blindly aggressive. He's he's kind of the word you're looking for is reckless. Reckless. Uh, that's why if, I don't know horses. If you don't believe me, ask Irad Ortiz's right hand. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I just see these both these two horses as uh, as improving types, um, and I think that 
you know, you got two uh, trainers who bring their horses along. Uh, not super slow, but, you know, usually need a race or two here. Uh, so I, so I, I think just with the four and the six here, I'm going to get out of this leg. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I really, I really like, I, this was a type of race that maybe I would originally, I would look for like a first time starter in, but there aren't any, any, and, uh, you know, you, you take, I, I'm still looking for that, li a lightly raced horse, one or two starts, and that's shown some improvement or has got room to improve. And I think that both the four and the six kind of, kind of fit that bill there. The horse that scares me in that particular race is actually Perfect Upstart. I happen to think Perfect Upstart got a perfect setup last time when the race sort of fell apart, but does have some two-turn pedigree. Would not be a shock, especially if another horse goes with Winner's Lion out of the gate. That was probably the last horse I threw out. Again, if Wrecker Point runs back to the two-mile races, maybe that one has a shot. I just think that one is a very vulnerable favorite and a horse that you should try to beat if you're playing the late pick four, the late pick five, any of those wagers. Yep. And Andrew, looks like uh, you got a $24 ticket here. One six with one, two, eight, nine with two, four with four, six, seven here. It's 24 bucks for a 50 cent bet. Um, as I've kind of said before, uh, the way I bet this is I usually bet um, at least one normal ticket, like one spread ticket, and then I press my opinions. Um, I pr I might add a third press with the nine in the second leg, or pressing the two in the second leg. So um, I got my one, one three with three being a B, with two nine, with one six seven with the one being a B, with four six, and. Like I said, I I'm not I'm not a Steve Chris disciple, right? I'm not doing the whole ABC method here. Um, I, I'm I'm playing a caveman ticket with all of these horses. So if you want to play along with me, you want to play the two by two by three by two caveman, I will have that ticket. I just will also have other tickets that are going to be narrower to kind of press my stronger opinions, which are the one in the first leg and the six and the seven in the third leg, and probably even the two in the second leg. You can't fault the logic there. It's just, I, I can't get over the fact that in the third leg, there are seven horses. We have five of them and we have nothing in common. Yep. Congratulations to the two horses we don't have covered as uh, they will dead heat for first. Yes, so hammer the exact box there just to be safe, just in case one of them decides to screw up the script and win by a head or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, so this weekend I'll be in Vegas. Um, on probably I probably will play the horses pretty heavily on Sunday. Uh, my wife is coming with us, uh, and uh, I'm meeting uh, one of our um, our dis uh, Discord people uh, out there, one of my buddies, uh, Gary. Um, so he's going to be out there with me. Um, and my wife is coming Thursday, Friday and leaving Saturday night. And then I'm still there all day, Sunday and Monday morning. So Sunday, Gary and I are probably going to be playing the horses all day. Um, so that should be a, that should be a fun time. Um, Andrew, what do you got going on this weekend? Uh, let me see. So Saturday I am taking my girlfriend to a dentist appointment. Uh, they've got to do something there. So on the off chance, they tell her she can't drive. I am here to save the day. Sunday, we're headed out to lunch with uh, one of our friends. So nice, quiet, low key weekend, considering that last weekend we covered a lot of ground. We wound up going to Monterey in one direction. And then on Sunday, we went up to Santa Rosa to go to the Charles Schultz Museum, of course, known as the cartoonist behind Peanuts. If you've never been and you're a Peanuts fan, make the trip. It is absolutely fantastic. There is so much joy in that building. It's great. It's wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, sorry about uh prop was it prop 26 and 27 is that what it was uh, it was expected uh as those of you who have followed me know uh i was covering the sports betting uh race out in california wasn't much of a race uh prop 26 failed about 30 to 70 prop 27 failed with less than 20 percent of the vote try to imagine an initiative getting less than 20 percent of the vote nowadays it's hard but it's back to the drawing board and judging by the tone that is coming out of some meetings, 
the tribes have all of the leverage. And it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out moving forward as far as sports betting goes in California. Legal sports betting. By the way, kids, don't do what Yasiel Puig did. Be honest with the feds if you're involved in an illegal sports betting ring. Don't lie. They're going to catch you. Oh, man. Yasiel Puig. That's a name I hadn't heard in a long time. Here's a fun story to end things with. I was at Dodger Stadium the night the Trout versus Puig debate officially died. So a couple of years ago, was down in L.A. This was after Yasiel Puig had that gigantic rookie season. This was year two or year three. They're playing the Angels in what they call the freeway series at Dodger Stadium. Someone from the Angels hits a deep fly ball into center field. Puig gets it lollygags and takes his time getting it back into the infield. Albert Pujols is on first base and he tags and takes the extra base. I was next to a bunch of Dodger fans in that section. And I looked around and go, would Mike Trout have been caught dead doing that? They got pretty quiet pretty quickly. (laughs) That was the end of the Trout versus Puig debate. It was a fun five minutes, but come on. Yeah, he was kind of a real flash in the pan, wasn't he? He had like maybe one good season and then just kind of... He had a couple of good seasons, but he wound up going to the Reds and then then the Indians, now the Guardians, in 2019. And that was when his sports betting troubles wound up happening. I wrote this up for PlayCA.com. You can take a look at that if you're not familiar with the story. That was a, was a flying start to today, for sure. You know, you... You never expect to wake up and write a story like that about somebody that for about five minutes was on top of the world. But kids, (laughs) be honest with the feds if they come knocking at your door. (laughs) Well, that's going to do it for us here on Drink and Champagne. Uh, If you guys watch our live streams, we are going to be off for the next two weeks. Uh, This week, I'm out of town and Caleb's out of town. And next week, obviously, is um, Thanksgiving uh, so we'll we'll be we'll be off, and then for Thanksgiving, I am going to be going out to Hoth, one of the Hawthorne OTBs, and playing in one of the tournaments out there. Meeting up with uh, my buddy Sheldon, uh, our old uh, our old co-host Brian is going to be there as well. So there's a Brian a sighting. There's a Brian sighting. Apparently, he's wow. back in. He he got wow. pulled back in. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Mister Mister Bad Class, aka BD Horse Player. Um, but uh yeah so it should be a fun time um and then uh yeah we'll uh we'll 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 figure something out maybe for next week we'll see we'll see what the schedules look like i'm back in town monday night so um yeah we'll we'll try and get something something recorded we'll we'll figure it out um but uh yeah fingers crossed exactly andrew but uh yeah for uh for andrew i am josh check us out at wrong underscore lead Buy a t-shirt like Andrew's wearing on the wrong lead.com. Uh, and uh, we will catch you guys later. <laughs>